Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, how's everybody doing at Rethink Life Church? Y'all doing good today? Awesome. Well, once again, Happy New Year. If this is your first day with us in the new calendar year of 2020, so grateful and honored that you're here today. And man, we've had an incredible morning and incredible week and just looking forward to what God has in store for us in this moment, in this place right here today. And uh, I have been, uh, like many, have been so encouraged and excited based on what we've, uh, really what we've been uh, encountering over the last few days. We've been uh, doing something known as seven days of prayer and fasting. Today is day seven, and uh, we've had an incredible response. We've been meeting every morning at 6 a.m., and I've been so encouraged and personally inspired by those who have committed, they sacrificed, they were dedicated, showing up every morning, 6 a.m., praying for you, praying for this church, praying for this year, and believing the best is still yet to come. Amen. And so we're excited, looking forward to what God has in store for us. And I just want to be honest, you couldn't have picked a better day to come to Rethink Life Church. And so if you're a guest with us today, I just want to say welcome. It means a lot that you're here today. And our prayer is that uh, maybe as you're just praying through and maybe seeking a place you can actually call home, a place that's going to help you grow and flourish and become all that God has intended for you to be, that you allow us to come alongside and journey with you in that. And, um, and so today, with that in mind, uh, it's what we call season one of our ministry calendar. In other words, between now and uh, the end of March, uh, we're going to be doing what we call our life groups. And so this is season one of our life groups. And uh, it's an opportunity for you to connect with some people you probably saw on your way in a few moments ago, the, the tent and the tables and the balloons. And the whole purpose for all of that is for you to stop by there and uh, get to know some of the uh, life group leaders and ask some questions. And, and uh, we just want to do everything we can um, to come alongside once again and find an opportunity for you, whether it's a, a women's group, whether it's a men's group, uh, whether it's a group for uh, marriage, young adults. Uh, we have all kinds of different groups. And on, on top of that, a lot of different classes we call life classes. For example, one of those is called Financial Peace University. Uh, some of you probably are familiar with it. Maybe you've heard about it. Uh, a guy named Dave Ramsey. You probably have heard of Dave Ramsey. Uh, he helps teach that class, but we have facilitators that walk you through, help just help lay the, the awesome foundation that you need to build your financial world upon. And uh, it's an incredible, very, very helpful and practical class. We have another opportunity we're excited about called our Freedom Groups, our Freedom Class. And our Freedom Class is designed to really help people, I think, just get a, a new beginning, closing the door in their, their yesterdays and having the opportunity to learn how to build their lives upon the truth of God's Word so that they can live a life of freedom and live a life walking and living in the truth that is found in Jesus Christ. And so, uh, man, what an incredible opportunity. Another class I'm excited about called Fresh Start. And I just highly recommend anybody who's maybe new to the faith, new to the church, uh, maybe you're just wanting to revisit 
the foundations of maybe how to read your Bible, how to, how to be more effective in your prayer life, how to walk in victory in your everyday life, how to have spiritual confidence. Just building your life on the right foundation, that's called Fresh Start. Again, just all kinds of opportunities that we're going to be uh, making available to you. And so let me just encourage you, if you can't find something, well then come to our monthly meetups because we're doing monthly meetups this year. We're excited about our first one is happening uh, on the 26th. In fact, I'm going to be a part of that one. It's, act, it's actually at the Ruckus Cycling Studio. And uh, so, man, if you want to get a little, car, little, little cardio going and, and um, if you've got some stretchy pants, bring them, okay? But, uh, but no, seriously, it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, but it's only limited to 40 slots. And so it's filling up fast. So if you want to be a part of that, um, make sure that you go to the info bar. Um, you can just simply email uh, meetups at uh, rethinklife.com. And, uh, but when w- that's done and when we close that, uh, we'll actually all be hanging out over at Boxy Park. Just again, no agenda other than hanging out and getting to know people. And one more thing, today at 5 o'clock, my wife Michelle and I, on the second Sunday of every month, uh, we're doing something called our Sunday Social for one hour. We're just inviting people who are new to our church, first-time guests, um, to come hang out with us in our home, no agenda. We just want to put faces and names together, get to know one another, hear each other's stories, and come alongside and do life together. So it's just going to be a great time um, for us as we plug in, as we kind of, what I consider to be, uh, dig a little deeper in terms of our roots and becoming all that God has desired for us to be. Amen? Man, I'm out of breath. There's so much going on. We ain't even gotten started because tonight we're going to raise this roof for a night of worship. And so it's going to be an incredible, incredible time. Uh, it's the culmination of our seven days of prayer and fasting. And so, uh, man, we're just going to, we're going to celebrate God's goodness. And, man, it's going to be awesome. And so our team is super prepared and, and they've been praying about it and looking forward to it. And uh, so please come tonight, invite your friends, invite people to come be a part of this experience with you. Uh, my wife Michelle and I were actually across the street over at Bolay and uh, got to know uh, the general manager and part owner there of the store. And uh, we struck up a conversation and told him what God was doing in our church. And he said, well, man, we'd love to help you guys. And I said, well, man, we're having a night of worship on Sunday night. And he said, man, that's great. And uh, you could tell he didn't, wasn't 100% clear what all that meant. And I said, but we're going to be baptizing some people uh, as well. The first people are going to be baptized. We're having a baptismal service after the service. And he said, well, what, do y'all have food? I said, uh, I didn't thought about that. He said, well, man, I'd love to come provide some of our Bole samplers for everybody. And so, come on, man, we're going to, I said, we're going we're gonna to do it upright. And so, y'all can come tonight, celebrate God's goodness. We're going to worship together. There'll be an opportunity to be baptized. Uh, if you have never been baptized by immersion, we'd love to have that opportunity uh, to walk through that with you. You can meet me right here after the service today. I'll walk you through everything you need to know in order to be fully prepared for tonight for our uh, incredible time of worship and then baptism after party afterwards. And so it's going to be an incredible, incredible night. Y'all got time for one more piece of good news? Told you, man, we got a lot going on. This is the second week of January. What you talking about? So here's the deal. Hey, we have been praying. We have been uh, really just honestly have been trying to be very intentional and very careful and cautious about how we kind of walk through this. Uh, for the last year, we've been really been praying through um, 
who God might bring to us in the area of our next uh, staff hire and somebody that could help us champion and help lead the way in the lives of our uh, youth and college young adults. And um, we have finally secured an individual. He and his wife are going to be joining us the last Sunday of this month. His name is Steve Guzman, his wife Talia. In fact, I think we have a picture of them on the screen. Um, just an awesome, awesome young couple that uh, are so excited. Talia grew up here in Orlando. This is her home. And, uh, and so Steve and I have been talking since last March and through a lot of different candidates and resumes and people we've had come in. And uh, God has just really knit our hearts together. And uh, he's excited. We're excited. And so on the 26th, he'll be joining us. And we're going to be uh, having an interest uh, group and kind of a meet and greet to get to know Steve. Here is heart. And so if that's something you're interested in, if you're a parent or student, college student, we encourage you to just go, um, just email us if you would. Just Email students at RethinkLife.com and uh, do a little RSVP there and uh, let us know that you'd like to be a part of that. But all that said, we believe right now God is kind of, honestly, he's stacking the deck. And uh, you know my heart. My heart is for families, to strengthen family relationships. And I believe what God has brought to us in the form of Robert McCardo, who you just met a few moments ago, our director of children, and now Steve Guzman. These two are going to be a one-two punch from birth through college young adults. We're going we're gonna to reach this so school and reach this community, and we're going to advance the purposes of God to impact the next generation for the glory of God. Amen? So I'm stoked. I'm excited. Looking forward to what God has in store for us. Well, hey, we, have, uh, we kicked off last Sunday this theme called Imagine 20. 20. And if you're new with us today for the very first time, I'll, I'll give you the Wikipedia version um, today so you can kind of be brought up to speed on what all this means and how this applies to your everyday life. But we actually have a theme verse. And so this theme verse is something God just put on my heart, not only for this series, but really for this entire year of 2020. Imagine 2020. And I just want to invite you to read this verse of scripture with me. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You're probably familiar with it, but I want us to read it together out loud. Can we do that? Ephesians 3, verse 20. Repeat it with me out loud. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is able. Listen, now to him. That means, listen, God is the one who can empower us. God is the one who can unleash his power and his spirit, not just upon us, but ultimately through us to do immeasurably more than we could think or even possibly imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And so what we're doing this year of 2020, we are believing God for that which is immeasurable, the impossible, if you will, of what God can do, what God will do. And the reason why we believe that is because he is able to do whatever it is that he wants to accomplish. And so today we're, ma we're making ourselves available this year we're making ourselves available to be God's hands, listen, his feet, his voice to accomplish his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Amen? And so let me ask you a question. How many of you want to make a difference in 2020? Come on. 2020 can be a game changer. And I know each year when we set, you know, New Year resolutions, we maybe write down some goals, and I'm all for that 100%. But how many times have we 
written out those New Year resolutions. We've written out those goals. And then, you know, by July, <laughs> you know, they've kind of like faded in the sunset. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we had good intentions. But here's the thing. I think a lot of the reasons why a lot of those good intentions don't come good in the sense that we don't maybe see those things become a reality is because we haven't committed those things to God. And I think what God wants us to do is to tap into his power and allow those God resolutions to become new and active and powerful in our lives because he's able to do what we can. He's able to accomplish more, in fact, immeasurably more than we could think or even imagine. And so with that in mind, we're unpacking an amazing story from an individual by the name of Nehemiah. And here's what I've come to realize. Many of you raised your hand and you said, yes, I would like to make a difference in 2020. But you know, I've come to realize, I've come to realize that you don't necessarily have to be the brightest or the best. You just have to care the most. And so the question is, is that do we really care about what God cares about? And are we willing to do the very things that God is perhaps calling us to do in order to make the impact and the difference that he wants us to make in this calendar year of 2020. And so last week, it was a, really an introduction, a message that was kind of designed to inspire you towards your vision, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations, whether that's strengthening and growing in your relationships, your marriage, your family, your career, your business, whatever that might be. And today I'm going to continue. I want to inspire you, but more importantly, I want to give you a plan. And it's a similar plan that I believe that God used with this gentleman by the name of Nehemiah that we're going to be learning from today. And what's interesting about Nehemiah, just in case if you missed last Sunday, here's the cliff note version of what I talked about. Because Nehemiah was an ordinary man, just a, a common person, just like you and me. He was referred to as a cupbearer. In other words, it's kind of a glorified, glorified butler to a king, the king at that time, a Persian named King Artaxerxes. And so here he was, a, a Jew, a Hebrew, who had been exiled. And so he's, he's a thousand miles away from his homeland with his people there in Jerusalem. And what's interesting is that here's a man that God suddenly used a, a common, ordinary person to accomplish something extraordinary. And again, it wasn't because he was the best or the brightest. He was able to accomplish something great and powerful Something incredible, something unimaginable. And the reason why is because he made himself available. Again, it wasn't because he was the best. It wasn't because he cared the most. As a matter of fact, what's interesting is that this gentleman one day approached one of his brothers. One of his brothers had come to visit him. And, and he asked his brother, he said, tell me, how are things going in Jerusalem? His brother responded, he said, well, the walls are down and the gates have been burned. And after hearing this, Nehemiah literally wept, he, he sobbed, he cried, he just was heartbroken over the condition of learning that here the, the people in, of Israel who had, you know, the temple had been destroyed, the walls had been destroyed. And there was, there was a remnant of people that were sent back, and they were, they were trying to fortify the city. They were trying to basically rebuild their lives. But most of the people there living in Jerusalem at the time and the remnant that had returned were not getting very much accomplished. As a matter of fact, they were overwhelmed, defeated, discouraged, and probably, honestly, they probably thought their best days were behind them. 
The wall was torn down. The gates had been burned. They were embarrassed about the situation, the circumstances, but they were powerless and they were losing hope. And so therefore, when Nehemiah heard the report and it broke his heart, and here's what's interesting is that Nehemiah, he was not a priest, he was not a prophet, he was, he was not a king. But when he learned the situation, because he cared the most, he said, if the walls need to, rebuilt, need to be rebuilt, then, it, then if, if that's what needs to happen, then it might as well be me. And so what we learned last week is that he asked God to open up his eyes, to open up the eyes of his heart so he could see clearly what it is that God had placed before him. And then once he got the understanding of that, that clarity regarding the vision that he had to go back and rebuild the walls, the first thing he did is he dropped to his knees. So he knelt down to pray. And then he stood up to act. And what he did is he mobilized once he traveled a thousand miles. Now again, he's in Persia. He travels a thousand miles back to Jerusalem. There a city had been, basically the walls and the gates had been burned, destroyed, lying in dormant for 140 years. And what does he do? He rallies. He mobilizes the people to do something that nobody thought was possible. And that was to rebuild the wall. And they did it in 52 days. And I've often thought to myself, man alive, if they could do that with, with no modern, you know, machinery and, you know, the, the, the tools and the resources that we have today. If they could do that in 52 days, think about what God could do with us in 52 weeks in this ministry calendar year as a church to make a difference, an eternal difference in the lives of people. And so the question is, is how? How do we do that? Well, here's what I want to encourage you to do because I think at times sometimes when you have a leading to do something God's stirring in your heart about you know something a burden a need a concern a cause you know sometimes it's a little intimidating isn't it you know you hear somebody like me get up and challenge you to you know to step up and to step into a ministry opportunity to serve on our dream team to make a difference and sometimes you think wow you know I just don't know that I'm ready for something like that Nehemiah, could, he felt the same thing. You know, think about it. He was just one guy. And yet he was overwhelmed. He was so moved. But he didn't allow that to stand in his way. And I think sometimes we allow, sometimes just feelings of inadequacy. Maybe not feeling qualified. Maybe we feel like our past, you know, has caused us to not be qualified. We're, we're limited by our past. We've allowed our past to define who we are. And so a lot of times we feel intimidated. We feel sometimes unqualified. Sometimes we're just a little overwhelmed because we don't see ourselves as capable. But here's what I need you to understand. In fact, I heard someone make this statement one time. No one person can change the world, but one person can change the world of somebody else. Let me repeat that. No one person can change the world, but one person can change the world of someone else. Let me give you a very practical example of what I'm talking about. There's a lady that goes to our church. In fact, her and her family attend here. And in fact, they were just here a few moments ago. Her name is Gabriella. Gabriella and her family moved here from Brazil, struggled with, with just even uh, knowing how to speak English. Um, they've been here for several years, and um, she's been taking English-speaking classes and been going to school. And, but she had within her heart a desire for the creative things and 
What I mean, what I mean by that is she has a very artistic eye. She loved photography. She used to do photography when she was in Brazil. When she moved here to the States, she just thought, you know, well, that was something of her past. And then she started coming to our church and her family started attending and she began to realize when she heard about our dream team and began to realize that she could take her talents and her passions of what she was doing in the world of photography and somehow use that to make a difference in the lives of other people. Well, she's been serving on our dream team as a photographer. In other words, she'll come and she'll capture a moment, she'll capture environments. You know, we have events and things of that nature. Uh, she'll go and capture those events through photography. When we do outdoor baptisms, for example, we go to the beach and do our beach baptism. We actually have a picture of her right here. It's pretty epic. There, somebody else took the picture of her taking a picture with a cruise liner going to the background. That's pretty cool. But here's a girl, here's a, here's a woman who had a, who has a, who has a desire for the creative things, understands the importance of those creative things, understands her artistic gift and her abilities, her passion for photography. But in her mind, she is probably thinking, how could I ever use that to make a difference? Let me tell you how God has used one person to literally change the world of countless others. Because what she does is she takes those photographs and she uploads those to a stream of other photographs. And we take those photographs as a church. We post them online through social media. And as a result, over the last couple of years, since she's been taking pictures and others on the team that have been taking pictures, I'm not talking thousands. I'm not talking, listen, tens of thousands, but now literally hundreds of thousands of people around the world have heard about what God has done in and through a place, a church known as Rethink Life Church. The story has been told to countless people. Why? Because of one person who said, I can do that. And because one person said, I can do that, one person has now been used of God to help change the world of other people. Why? Because now those other people can see the story of God at work. And that's how God chooses to use us. And that's how God chose to use Nehemiah. So here's the thing we have to realize. If we're going to be an imagined 2020 person, which I pray we all will be, there are three things that we need to do. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. We have to define purpose clearly. That's exactly what Nehemiah did. Because keep in mind, here is a cupbearer. He, he's the guy who tasted the wine before the king. <laughs> you think, well, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool gig. That's a pretty cool, cool job. Well, not if it has poison in it. So he's the guy who dies, not the king. So that was his job. He tasted the wine and made sure everything was cool before the king tasted or drank the wine. And so he got the opportunity to be around the king on a day-by-day -day basis. And so he leverages this opportunity after he learns about the situation in Jerusalem. And because God had burdened his heart so much, he approaches the king. Now, as he approaches the king... It's somewhat of a little intimidating because if the king didn't like, you know, the person in his presence based on maybe their attitude or the negative vibe that maybe they were portraying, if the king wanted to, they literally could execute the person there on the spot. And so Nehemiah, who had been praying, praying for a door of opportunity, praying for the right timing, approaches the king. And we pick up the story in Nehemiah 2 verses 4 and 5. And so he presents the situation to the king, and the king said, what is it you want? What is it you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven, Nehemiah said, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, 
Let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild the wall. Now, there's a lot of things Nehemiah could have done when he got to Jerusalem. Nehemiah could have, if he, if he wanted to, he could have put his focus and his energy and his efforts into helping feed the widows and the orphans, and that would have been a good thing. You know, he, he could have gone in there and, and helped, you know, in the, in the area of the economy of Jerusalem. You know, obviously they were rebuilding and just struggling. And he could have cleaned the swamp, you know, get rid of all of the corrupt politicians, you know, in Jerusalem. There's a lot of things he could have done. But he had a very, very clear purpose. His purpose was very clear and defined. And he basically answered the king where the king says, what is it that you want? And he said, I want to rebuild the walls there in Jerusalem. Now my question to you is this. What do you feel God leading you to do? What difference do you feel God leading you to make in 2020? What life can you impact? What need can you meet? What cause can you come alongside and support? What is God leading you to do? You say, I'm not really clear about what it is that God is leading me to do. That's a, that's a loaded question. That's a big question. I agree. I agree. And a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I'm not really clear. And the reason why I'm not clear is because, once again, I feel unqualified. And I don't know I have what it takes to do X, Y, Z. Or I just don't feel like, you know, um, you know I have the, 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 the experience or whatever. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think what God uses more than anything to bring clarity to the vision that we have to make a difference. You ready for this? I believe God sometimes will use frustration to birth a vision in your life. In other words, your misery, whatever that might look like, whatever that may have been, whatever you've encountered in your life... Whatever you would associate as a place of misery in your life, I believe God can take your misery and turn it into your greatest ministry. I believe whatever form of pain that you've had to endure, that you've suffered, whether it be financial, physical, spiritual, relational, you name it. Whatever form of pain that you have endured in your life, Sometimes, once again, the devil will use to defeat you and discourage you and to convince you that you don't have what it takes. You're not qualified. Your best days are behind you. Listen, I believe your pain can be used and turned into a platform for God. As a matter of fact, I believe those feelings of inadequacy, those feelings of not being qualified. In other words, I believe your weakness can actually become your most powerful witness. And you know what else I believe? I believe because God's mighty power at work within us. Listen to this. I believe that God literally can take our, listen, our deepest scars and our scars can be used to become our greatest story to tell his story of his faithfulness. Amen? 
So no matter what you may say or whatever it is you might think about your feelings of inadequacy or unqualified, I'm here to remind you and I'm here to declare to you, listen, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, God is able to do what you could never do on your own. Listen, with God, all things are possible. God can do immeasurably more than you could think or even imagine. Why? Because of his mighty power at work within you. Now, why is it important for us to define it? Because you can't define it, you can't do it. It's important that you ask God to open up your heart so you can see, so you can get clarity about what it is that you feel led to do to make a difference in 2020. You know, sometimes, and I think this in many ways is what happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a thousand miles away from his homeland. He hears this awful report about what's going on. And all of a sudden, as he's reminded of the devastation back home in Jerusalem, now all of a sudden he's brokenhearted, and all of a sudden his burden becomes so compelling that God sometimes, listen, will take a burden, and guess what? Rather than us seeking the burden, sometimes the burden seeks us. And I believe that's what God did. God used the situation and the circumstances. There was a burden, listen, that began seeking the heart of Nehemiah. And as a result, Nehemiah acted quickly. Which leads me to the second key. Because listen, whatever it is that God is leading us to do, whatever clarity of what we want to accomplish, who we want to become, what we want to do to make an eternal difference, here's the second thing we got to do. Because a 2020 person makes plans carefully. The first thing they do is they, 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 they clarify, they define their purpose carefully. But the second thing they do is they make plans carefully. See, the first step is the, is, is the what. But the second step is really the how. In other words, how do we execute? How do we put into motion? How do we carry out what we feel God is leading us to do to make a difference in the lives of other people? When Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 6 and 8, as Nehemiah is talking to the king, it pleased the king to send me, he said. So notice what he did. So I set a time. So he got his planner out. Man, he, 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 he set a time. And he waited for four months. So he's calculating everything. He's basically doing the due diligence. He's getting himself ready. He's getting himself prepared. He's waiting for the right opportunity and the right timing and those two things to intersect, to come together. So he set a time and also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of the trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. (laughs) Y'all got to understand what's going on here. He is making these bold requests to a king, King Artaxerxes of Persia, who hated the Jews, who hated Jerusalem. He had no interest whatsoever in a city known as Jerusalem or the walls that were there. As far as he was concerned, he didn't care. And yet Nehemiah, because he had a clear vision 
because he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He was bold and audacious to ask the king, hey, king, not only do I want you to grant me what it is I'm requesting, but hey, I need one of those little black SUVs and some security guards to go with me to make sure that everything's cool when I cross the border. And in addition to that, he goes on to say this. He said, and may I have a letter to Asaph. Now, I'm thinking, of how did he know who Asaph was? Well, who is that? He's the keeper of the king's forest. In other words, he was the guy who was in charge of all the lumber so that he would give me timber to make beams for the gates and for the city wall and for the residence that I will occupy. So he had a clear picture and vision of what he wanted to do, which was to rebuild the wall. And then the second thing he had to do, he began to come up with a plan. So here's what he did. So he travels a thousand miles. Man, God gave him favor. God blessed him. Man, he got those SUVs and the security guards. He got his papers in order to go and to get unlimited supply of the wood, the timber that he was going to need. And so here he is. He's got everything at his disposal. He's got the authority. He's got everything that he needs. And so after he travels a thousand miles, he shows up on the scene. You would have thought he would have rolled up his sleeves and went to work. But he didn't do that. You know what he did? He went to bed and slept. Now, why did he do that? Because he wanted to make sure he was rested and he was ready. And what he did is he got up in the middle of the night. While everybody else was asleep, here's what Nehemiah did. He went and he surveyed the land. He went and surveyed the walls. He went and checked out the situation. And he wanted to see with his own eyes. And after he saw with his own eyes, he began to devise a plan. And so all of us here today, you need to understand that there is a plan that you need to execute when it comes to fulfilling whatever it is that you desire to do for 2020. Now, we want to help you with that plan. Because I believe everybody's got a next step. And sometimes it's just defining what that next step looks like. It's the reason why today is launch day for our life groups. Because a part of connecting spiritually and relationally is a part of having more clarity... On God's plan, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will for your life and for your marriage. To help you grow so that you can have other people in your life to help you and support you and to pray for you as you move forward in whatever it is that God is leading you to do. We have a dream team here at Rethink Life that's made up of just ordinary people. Just like you and me. But because they have a heart and they care enough who say, you know, if this needs to be done, I have a heart for that. I can do that. I can make a difference in this area. They just took that next step. We have something called Growth Track. We revamped it. We're super excited about it. So it just has two steps. Step one, come learn a little bit about our heart, what we're all about. Step two is you join a team. Today was step two. It's happening right now as I'm here. And here's the thing. You can come on the first and the third to take step one, and you can go to the second and the fourth to take steps two, take, take step two. And as a result, listen, you have two times a month to take that next step. And as you learn more about the steps that God has for you, all of a sudden, your purposes become more clear. Now, all of a sudden, you're associating with people that's going to come alongside you to support you and to help you. And here's the reason why that's so important. 
because no one person can change the world. But one person can change the world of someone else. And we can do it better, and we can be stronger, and we can do it more effectively when we have other people in our lives to do it with. Amen? So important. So important. It's one of the reasons why this year I introduced something last Sunday. I don't know if you were here last Sunday and maybe had the opportunity to get one of these little Imagine 2020 brochures. And if you didn't, if today's your first day, if you feel led, you want to get one of these, you can pick one up on the table on your way out, uh, just outside, right inside the doors there. You can grab one at the table or you can get one at the info bar. But we gave one of these out to everybody. And this is our vision, a very, very clear, specific vision of what we want to accomplish this year and a plan that we've laid out. For example, on um, Friday morning, I went to the local Lake Nona Chamber of Commerce and I was uh, listening to some of the property appraisers and some of the uh, real estate experts, and they were just kind of giving a kind of just a, an overview of all that's happening here in the what they refer to as the Lake Nona region, and it's incredible what God is doing. But one of the things became more and more apparent is that land is becoming more and more scarce, and the values keep getting more and more expensive. And so, as a church, we back in September, decided to take a step backward so that we could go forward faster. One of the things that we really felt God leading us to do was to ultimately take two of our locations, come under one roof, restructure, reorganize, so that we could accelerate our future and go further faster, where we could eventually get land and begin the process of building a place that we can call home that's ours, that we actually own. And so, one of the things that God has allowed us as a church to be able to do over the last, uh, really, couple of years is to continue to save. And so, to, to date, we have uh, right at 200000 still over $200,000 cash that we've set aside to help toward our future. I mean, that's a wonderful, wonderful foundation that we have, and, and I'm excited about that because we have the opportunity to add to that. Now, here's where I'm getting really clear and practical with you. You know, so we were talking to some of the uh, real estate experts, you know, one of the things, just to kind of put it in a very practical way, is that when you think about land, here's land that may, uh, depending on location, of course, uh, sometimes land might go for 200 225, 250, sometimes more than that per acre, depending once again on location, size, so on and so forth. So let's just suppose you found some land for 225,000 or $250,000 an acre. As we've been doing due diligence and learning more and more from banks and lenders, and they say, okay, well, well if you want to buy 10 acres and $250,000 an acre, okay, what's well, going to cost you this amount of money. Okay, well, how much do we need in order to buy that piece of land? And they say, well, you're going to need a minimum of 25% cash to bring to close in order to purchase the land. So, fast forward. What if we as a church were to take the next step? And what if we as a church decided, well, you know what? I may not be able to write some big checks, but collectively, if we all did something, think about it. If Nehemiah could rebuild the wall in 52 days with a remnant of people, how 
fast and how far could we go in 52 weeks of 2020 if we all just did a little something over and above we could go further faster and accelerate the vision why because we had a clear vision and we had a very simple plan and we were just working our plan and so that's what I want to encourage you to do is to pray about doing that joining with us because I see it this way we're all a bunch of bricklayers we're like building the wall and every brick matters every brick brick by brick we are building God's house we are building the kingdom of God we are advancing God's purpose we're advancing God's vision one life one marriage one family at a time because we want to take as many people to heaven as we possibly can amen and I believe God can use a tool like a church to impact generations to come. And so, when you think about Nehemiah, he had a clear vision. He had a very clear plan. He planned carefully. And number three, he inspired people passionately. And that's what 20, imagine 2020 people do. Because when they, listen, when they get the vision and they come up with a plan, then... They have a sense of passion that now begins to light the fuse to everything they need to do. Here's the thing. Your purpose is what guides you, but your passion is what drives you. One of our core values here at Rethink Life is to love God passionately. And my prayer, my prayer is that we will get so filled up with Jesus Man, we'll get so filled with God. That's the reason why we've set aside these seven days of prayer. That's the reason why today, tonight, at 7 o'clock, we're going to have our night of worship. Because we want to get so filled with God. God's mighty power at work within us. I believe with all of my heart that when we're out and about in the community and people come around us and they meet you and they think, wow, there's something different about that person. There's something different about that couple. There's something different about that family. There's something different about that student. I can't put my finger on it, but man, those people seem to be so joyful. They seem to be so generous. Man, they have such a servant heart. And when they meet you and they're around you, my prayer is that we'll have the reputation that when they encounter you, they encounter Jesus. When they encounter you, they encounter us and associate us and say, hey, well, y'all must be from that church over there that meets at that school. Y'all must be from that Rethink Life church. Man, those people, they're like, they're like a bunch of life lifters. They're just, they're just lifting people to a higher level. Amen? And that's what I'm going to start referring to us by. So when you hear me call you a life lifter, you know what that means? That means that God has called you and he's called me. To lift people to a higher level. Everybody we get around, everybody we associate with, man, when they encounter you, they're encountering Jesus. When they're encountering you, they're encountering Rethink Life Church. Hey, when they're encountering you, and listen, they're encountering a new way, a higher way, a better way of living. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. So I want to conclude by saying this, because what's awesome in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, notice, then I gave them my report. So he's now in Jerusalem. He mobilizes this remnant of people. And I love how the message paraphrase uh, version captures this. He says, face it. He's basically telling the whole card cold facts to the, to the people there. He said, face it. We're in a bad way here. Jerusalem is a wreck. Its gates are burned up. Come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem and not live with this disgrace any longer. I told them how God was supporting me, how God's supernatural favor was upon him. 
and how the king was backing me up. And they said, we're with you. Let's get started. And they rolled up their sleeves, and I love this, ready for the good work. And can you imagine what God could accomplish in and through all of us if we just said, God, I want to be your hands, I want to be your feet, I want to be your voice. God, use me to make a difference. And you know where, where, where it begins? It begins right here, right now. It begins in this place. Man, imagine over the next 52 weeks what could be accomplished. How eternity could be changed. More and more people won to faith in Christ. An impact that could be made, a ripple effect that could be felt. Imagine what God could do in us and through us if we just went all in. All in with our time, all in with our talents, all in with our resources, just going all in and saying, God, use me to make a difference. Help me to meet whatever need. God, help me to come alongside, to lay whatever brick I need to, to lay, to build whatever I need to build so that I can advance your purposes for your kingdom and for your glory. I believe God can do exceedingly and abundantly, immeasurably more than we could even think possibly imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Do you believe that today? Man, let's pray together. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.